Locker Room Talk with DC and JB, presented by To Each Their Own Sports. How do you see everybody welcome to the seventh episode of locker room talk here with dc and jb i'm dc that's jb and we're kind of turning the page now because football season you know officially over and we are getting in to mlb baseball it is very exciting times uh actually the first spring training game is this friday i believe um, so very exciting times here in the MLB, and this season is going to be unlike no other you've ever seen before. There are so many different rule changes that immediately affect the game, and what we're going to be doing here over the next six weeks, most specifically the next six Mondays, is we're going to be going over each division in baseball. Luckily, there's six Mondays left, and there's six divisions in baseball, so we're going to be covering one each Monday, and today we are covering the NL East. JB, what's up, man? How we doing? It's a great Monday, great Monday to talk some baseball, and uh, let's just get right into it. We have a stacked division to talk about, so uh, let's do yeah. it. Yeah, stacked is right, man. We had two teams last year. Basically, we'll kind of review to start here. Sure. Last year, the the Braves and the Mets tied record-wise um, with 101 wins and 61 losses. And right. actually, last year, they just implemented a, a new rule, um, you know, for the tiebreaker. Usually, in years past, it would go down to a game 163. Um, yes, or last year was the first year of that new rule. And basically, what they did was – just take head to head throughout the whole year. Yeah, and I like that better. Yeah, I I think so too. Uh, you know, because say say the Braves own the Mets all year, and then they play one game and they lose, and it's like, that that's kind of tough. I agree. They I lose think it, and then they're then they're thrown right into the wild card game. Like if they're off your pitching, you know, there's a lot of factors there. Yeah, exactly. So I think that's not like I didn't hate that rule change, and so you know the Braves ended up sweeping the Mets late in the season to ultimately take yeah. that. The Mets and, blew uh, what, like a ten and a half game lead. Oh yeah, they were with, up, what like a month to play in, about. Well, yeah, it, like they were up ten and a half in like July. Like it was late in the season. They were right. cooking. You know, the Braves and the Phillies. Like the Braves were still playing good, but the Phillies weren't even like really no. around at that time. Not that they finished close to the top of the division, but we all know how that turned out. Um. So yeah, let's get started on the Braves here, man, because this team. Yeah, and you know, real quick, before we even start that, it's crazy to think that three out of the last four NL champions have been from this division. So we have the, yeah, the Nationals back in 19. Wow. Do- I didn't, Dodgers, yeah. and the Nationals are a dumpster fire now. We'll get into the Dodgers in 20, and then 21 was the Braves, right, over the Astros, and then 22 being somehow the Phillies who – you know. Well, the Dodgers aren't in the NL East. Well, I'm just yeah, yeah, no, three out of four. Oh, you're, oh, you're saying the oh, oh, gotcha, 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 yeah. gotcha. I'm like Jack, reel it in, but brother, <laughs> I'm like they're out west. <laughs> yeah, but um, let's get into the Braves. Yeah, no, that's nuts, man. Right? It's a good little snippet there because yeah. that is like three of these teams made the playoffs last year. Obviously, yeah, like that's crazy. The, the only other division in baseball that had that was the AL East, right? And and these are obviously just the two best divisions in baseball. It's not even close. Yeah, the East I mean, is I, really mo- like obviously the maybe the top dog isn't always the best team in in baseball, but it's definitely the two deepest divisions, without a doubt. Most yeah. competitive. Yeah. Always down to the wire. You know, like the NL NLAL Central. It's always like a fifteen game lead, and you're like, this is yeah, so dumb. This Very is so weak dumb. divisions. Yeah, but. The Braves managed by uh, Brian Snicker. They d- they didn't have like a a crazy off season, but but they did. You know they added a, a really valuable piece uh, in a position that they kind of needed to fulfill with with Travis Darno behind the behind the dish. Not really like doing too much, not doing anything bad, but they pick up Sean Murphy from the A's in a trade. Didn't really give up much for him. You know they kind of just 
gave him away, of course, the A's. And I know you wrote a blog about that not too long ago. Yeah. You know, they kind of just gave him up, and it's like, all right, here the A's go again. They got this guy. They bring him up through the farm system. He starts to do well, and all of a sudden it's his time to go to an actual Major League Baseball team. Right. Um, on top of that, they did end up losing Dansby Swanson, however. Right. And I think that is, you know, when, when we – finish talking about the Braves here. I think that's something that's going to loom really large for them this season yeah. because of that void at shortstop. Yeah, I think um, that move probably made sense for, I mean, they they also locked up Michael Harris in the offseason, but they have a lot of that young core locked up. Like they, uh, Alex Anthopoulos has just done a great job with signing all these guys to long-term deals when they're young and he's been hitting really big and you know, Acuna's, I think he's on a $13 million contract, just kind of ridiculous what he's been able to do. So, yeah, it made sense, especially with Vaughn Grisham coming up, a stud middle infielder for them that, you know, they're going to have to part ways with someone that ended up being Dansby. And, you know, good for him. He got paid by the Cubs. So he sure did. Yeah. 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 I, that's the one concern that I have for the Braves this year, though. Like shortstop is such a valuable position on oh, on, yeah. a, on a baseball team. It's, you know, widely known, the captain of the infield, like all that stuff. But most importantly, like the odds are the ball gets hit to that guy more often than it doesn't um, in terms of balls put in play. You have to you have to make the plays at shortstop. Like yep. if you're a good shortstop, you got to field like 990 at least, you know, and that's 99 yep. percent of the balls that you get that you make. And it's like, OK, can we really depend on Vaughn Grissom, who's how old is he, 20 years old? Yeah, he's a he's young 21. dude. I know he I know he came up last year. He hit pretty well in his debut, but hey, he mostly played second because Albies was banged what, up last year. Right, right. Which is so. a huge addition. So is Acuna. He only played 120 games last year. Not that that's yeah. nothing. They but... got they gotta stay healthy. That that's the yeah. thing with the Braves. You know, they they have all the bats. They probably have one of the deepest rosters when you look at their yes. pitching staff as well. And then their batting order is just ridiculous, but it is, you know, they Definitely. lost Freddie Freeman, replaced him with Matt Olson. They're just a loaded, loaded um, team and a nightmare to face as far as, you know, in a seven game series, it's just, uh, you just right. hope the bats are cold and, you know, they, they ended up being last year in the playoffs uh, against the Phils. So. Right. And they, like, honestly, on a final note about the middle infield, like I, if I'm a Braves fan, I'm a little concerned about that. Like, I'm just a little concerned about, you know, Grissom could start the season great, but I'm talking about, like, a 162-game season. Yeah, it's such a grind. Can you really baseball. depend on that guy to be there every day and show up and be consistent? Yeah. Maybe he is. Maybe he is that good. But, like, I don't I don't necessarily think that that comes around too often that, where you can just plug a guy in from the minors and no, say, yeah. hey, you're our shortstop now. So That's a, that's that's a good gonna, point. Yeah. That's a great point, especially, like, me and you, Yankee fans, you can even look at like Glaber Torres. Right? He had that great year at second base. Right. And then they kind of just, they said, oh, Didi walked. And, you know, Didi's not any, uh, you know, a sensational defensive shortstop to, you know, by any stretch. But they said, Glaber, you're going to be the new shortstop. And, you know, Glaber had a miserable year defensively. And that almost, it, it developed into a slump offensively. So, yeah, you know, that was terrible. And it's really and it's almost like stunted his growth. And then they kept him at short. And then the Yankees have tried kind of Falefa at shortstop. And he doesn't appear to be a shortstop. You know, it, it's one thing to be a shortstop theoretically. It's another thing to play it, like you said, 162 games yeah. every day. You know, it's they're two different beasts. And you know, to be a shortstop in this MLB, you got to make the the routine plays, right? Like turning to every time the guarantee every time. plays, like yeah, ninety nine out of a hundred times, and then you probably need to make seven out of ten plus plays, like the tough plays in the hole, the glove side up the middle. You know, all the you got to make probably seven out of ten, maybe six out of ten of the plus plays exactly. to be a good shortstop in this league. And that's before we even get into offense, right? That, exactly. Yeah, and then you, and then you gotta and then you gotta be. You know, because if you're that, if you're that and you're not hitting offensively, you're basically just Angelton Simmons, you know, right. like you, you got to hit too. You got to at least fill one statistical category with, right. with some fluff. Like you got to get in there. You got to either hit for average. You got to steal bases. You got to hit home runs. Right. You know, and that's, that's something Dansby did last year. I mean, I mean the last two seasons, really, yeah. he's, he's hit over 25 home runs or 25 yep. last year and 27 the year before. 
He hit 277 last year. Like he had a fantastic year, not to mention 18 stolen bases, and he's the leader on this team. Yeah. But I think the most important stat in the last two seasons is he hit or he played 160 games in 2021 and 162 last year. Yep. So like you you're closing your eyes and writing his name into the lineup every yeah. day. Now all of a sudden he's not there. That's dude, that's a bigger difference than I think some people might be letting on. The best ability is availability. We always yes, say it, it and it's so true because, you know, especially in the grind of a season, superstars and their egos, like we see in basketball and, you know, you guys want to or not want to sit, but, you know, even coaching staffs make guys sit, you know, it's that's the way the game's going and pretty much that's, all sports. That's so, the Yankees for you, man. Yeah. the You know, the Yankees analytics, the lot. third day off and you got to sit a guy even though he's hot, you know, all that stuff. When you have a right. guy that's willing to play every day, even as you know, not that Dansby's a super superstar, but he's a star player. You know, he's yeah, he got he got paid over a hundred million dollars. He's a great player. So yeah. When we get into the NL Central, I'll definitely share more feelings on him because I think he's bound to have a an incredible season. Yeah. I think the Cubs, I think the Cubs in general. Sneaky yeah, team. I, I'm excited to talk about that. But you know, to kind of wrap up the. The Braves here, I think. I think the rotation, obviously, every year it's it's fantastic. I mean, they got Max Fried, Charlie Morton, Kyle Wright, Spencer Strider, who throws a hundred and one with a ninety-two mile an hour slider. Like he only throws two pitches, but no one can hit either one. You know, so th- at the end of the day, this team is stacked. Still, they have they have as good of a chance as anybody to to repeat as the NL East champs. I I believe they're like minus 120 to win it if not just above the 100 mark they should be they should be they have the and they have the playoff dna you know they have the championship dna and this team won the world series two years ago they beat the astros when you know the astros were uh you know they had verlander they they were a great team with correa and um yeah they beat the astros at pretty much the peak of their powers so you gotta they got the championship dna they should be the favorites I think in in total, the key the key parts to them winning again would be, you know, obviously Austin Riley's got to continue what he's been doing the last couple of years because he's I mean he's right there in the preseason MVP conversation. Yeah, he should be. Um, and that I think I think one of the most important things is just Ronald Acuna being healthy all year. If he is and he has the season that everybody knows he's capable of having, you're talking about a guy that's thirty thirty and he's hitting like two eighty. You know that thirty thirty might be forty bombs. You know it might even be a forty thirty. So the yeah. guy, the guy's unbelievable. He's gonna lead off for you every day. He's a guy that's gonna play one hundred and fifty, one hundred and sixty games when he's healthy, and he's w- one of the best players in the MLB. And yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if he makes a run for the MVP too. So you got two guys in the lineup that you're talking about. Hey, they might go for the MVP. That's gonna be a tough team to stop. They should, uh, they should really consider DHing him like a good part of the year, just because. He really goes all out in the outfield, driving for balls, and he always gets nicked, right? That knee is, still doesn't seem to be right. as uh, 100% as we saw last year. He kind of, you know, he needed some time off. He felt like a little pull here and there. So look for them to maybe put him at DH just so he's available for the playoffs because he's really never, um, you know, he's had that crazy grand slam against Walker Bueller, but he didn't play in that uh that great right, run they, they had the world, yeah, yeah they he wasn't available so which is uh, nuts right <laughs> is that just goes to show how stacked they are you know That's yeah just... all, all right. right let's move move on to the Mets that's <laughs> what once again 101 and 61 they ended up being second because of the head-to-head tiebreaker last year um and, I mean man they were they were leading or tied in the NL East for over 150 games last year and they ended up not taking it. I mean, it I know plenty of Mets fans that are just like classic Mets, like just chalk it up, classic Mets, right? <laughs> um, but this team is a little different than your classic Mets. A little more classical in the sense that it's like the 1985 Mets. I think this team with Buck Showalter at the helm is like your prototypical baseball team. You got guys that can make make contact frequently you got guys that can steal bases you got guys that can hit for power you have a 
very good rotation, and you have a guy at the end of the bullpen that's going to shut it down. They have a, every component you basically need to win games. They have someone who's very good at doing that, whether it be a closing, whether it be starting, whether it be stealing bases, whether it be hitting for average or hitting for power. They got at least one guy that can fill those categories, and that's super valuable. And a team, honestly, that I thought would have killed it in the playoffs last year because of all of those things. But it just seems like, you know, the playoffs came and it wasn't really the right time for them. Yeah, they're, they're pitching guys shelled. I think, um, you know, Scherzer and DeGrom and DeGrom pitch, pitched, uh, he pitched all right. But, you know, their innings and their arm and their age kind of showed in the playoffs where, you know, Scherzer was kind of uh, reeling from that dead arm he had late in the season even though he looked dominant um, when he came back from injury, but then had that rough outing against the A's, if you remember that. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, but you know, they bring in Verlander and I'd be remiss if I didn't bring up their $304 million payroll, which is by far the biggest payroll in MLB history. So <laughs> absurd. If you're Steve Cohen and I know like the whole Correa thing, they wanted Correa and you know, the whole uh, similar to the giants that he failed his physical and he ends back, with um minnesota so if you're steve cohen you know i need at least if i'm steve cohen i want to win the division and we should be in the nlcs anything short of that for the amount of money he's paid it would be a failure in my with without a doubt right if not i want to we should be in the world series but anything outside in my eyes of nlcs would be a failure Without a doubt, man. Like you said, that that payroll is absurd, and they they get rid of Degrom, and honestly, I think that's almost like a like a load off for Mets fans because yeah. Degrom has been he's already in the conversation for yeah. being injured. I saw that, year. and it's like Mets fans would be losing their hair at this point, right? If he was still on the Mets, and they just say they just paid him X amount of dollars. Yeah, no, and, I and, like that. And you're move. going and you're going through another injury. Like if if I'm if I'm a Mets fan, if I am the Mets, I'm done with the DeGrom saga. I'm I'm happy to move on to a guy that's consistent. Yeah. In, in Justin Verlander. Besides that one year, he's, he's been healthy, yeah, right? Besides literally. that one. Literally. Or no, I think he had Tommy John twice, but like he doesn't just miss starts like in the no, middle of the year. It's either exactly. he's healthy or he's not. And he's been right. healthy like for 18 years of his career. So, yeah, it's not like oblique out for a month. Like, no, not. like that no. ain't Verlander. So, yeah, I mean, he won the AL Cy Young last year, man. Yeah. And, and he, the guy he came off Tommy real. John. He's 39, 40 years old, whatever he is. He just absolutely absurd. So they pick him up. And then they pick up this guy, this 29-year-old from Japan. Yeah. I don't know if I'm saying his name right. Kodai Senga. Yeah, I think it's Um, Kodai, but yeah. Kodai Senga. He's supposed to be insane. He's supposed to be the real deal. Throws uh, close to 100 miles per hour. He has a changeup that's, I think they call it in Japan, like uh, the 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 pitch of death. He throws a splitter that's called a ghost splitter. I saw that somewhere. Yeah. So... Yeah, he's, that's scary. <laughs> the pitch yeah. of death doesn't sound good. Not to your batting average. Yeah, so he, they got some, you know, one of the best rotations in baseball, I would say. Um, definitely up there. And I think bringing in Verlander, although he's what is he thirty nine or he's going to be forty when the team yeah, starts. Yeah, he's in his forties at this. I point. think even you know age. When you're looking at age, I think even Verlander is almost younger in a way than Degrom as far as like your worry about injury, right? Right. Uh, Honestly, DeGrom is like an old man at this point. The guy gets hurt getting out of bed. And, you know, I think it also was a good move for DeGrom. You know, I feel like it was almost time to move on and do something else. And, you know, I don't think the Mets are ever going to give him that fifth year. And, you know, good for him. They're building something over there in Texas. So, yeah, that's an exciting team as well. Yeah. Um, As far as the Mets, I would say their only hole – or not not necessarily a hole, but one thing I wish that they added, if I'm a Mets fan, is another power bat. And I know you have Pete Alonso, but just the way uh, this team is constructed, you know, they brought in Vogel back because they were really struggling to score runs. You know, you don't – you have Marte, you know, a bunch of contact guys, which is good. Like, I think they had one of the best batting averages team-wise in baseball, I think number one. But, you know, hitting that big home run, sometimes they did struggle. And if Lindor is not going to hit, 
35, 40 home runs, which I don't know if you can rely on him to do. Um, you know, he's Lindor is still a great player, but you know, I would want a a bona fide power hitter besides Pete Alonso, you know, another right, like th- where you could hit three, four. Right. Yeah, no, I get that. Cause you got yeah, you got Marte, you got Nimmo, you got Canna. Right. Bunch you of contact. McNeil. Yeah, you you do have a bunch of guys that are going to slap the ball around, and and it would have been nice if they added somebody there. It, at the same time, though, it's it's tough to, you know, I guess third base would bear would be where you address that. They got Eduardo Escobar over Watch there. Watch out for the Mets to Machado, try to land Manny yeah. Machado next season because yeah. it seems as though the Padres, not that they're out of money, but they're trying to pinch pennies with Machado a little bit. He wants like ten more years and. They don't want to give him 10 more years. So he's basically going to opt out. So I think Cohen, because they wanted Correa to play third, right? So keep that in mind. They're not, they're not happy with Eduardo Escobar or they're not, you know. Which if, give him another year, the guy can hit. Yeah. You got to, you got to switch hitting. I mean, he's had power numbers in the past. Yeah. No, you're talking like some seasons where he had over 25 home runs. I mean, I'm taking that if I'm a Mets fan this year, you know. Plus, you like, still got Brett Beatty. You still got Brett Beatty coming up. He could be something at third base, or I know they tried him in the corner outfield. He yeah. got banged up last year, and then you still have Francisco Alvarez, who you know, by all accounts, is one of the best power hitting pl- players, regardless, not just catchers, um, prospects in baseball. So, you know, look for them maybe to move him maybe into the DH spot. I know his catching isn't the best, and. Tomas Nito, one of the best defensive catchers in baseball, I believe. Uh, they still have him. I think they resigned. Yeah, they do. Yep. Yeah, they there. traded McCann, though, right? Yeah, he's think, not there anymore. I think they traded him to Baltimore. So, yeah, good offseason by the Mets and good for Steve Cohen. I always love when owners just go go all out. You know, it's like, well, especially a team like the Mets, where they I feel like the, for a long time there they just didn't necessarily yeah, the have that bulldog. No. Yeah, they, the Will Ponds just weren't that bulldog in the. No. In the office for them that they needed, you they, go out, they get they get Lindor, you know they yeah right away all these pieces moves. they get Verlander like they're okay with letting up Degrom like that's kind of a that's kind of a big boy move just being like we don't really need you Jacob Very like ballsy. go somewhere else Very yeah ballsy. like we'll we'll just take Justin Verlander we'll try to win this year you got to like, respect it if you're a Mets fan or even a baseball fan you respect an owner that's willing to put his money where his mouth is. And I think it can only help the game, you know, because, you know, some of these teams, like just looking at payroll alone, like the Mets, I think, have a are going to have more of a payroll than the bottom, like, 10 teams combined. That's crazy. Which is just ridiculous. Like, Oakland is spending $40 million. <laughs> like, total. That and is Baltimore, absurd. Baltimore is spending 45, but, you know, they're rebuilding. Like, you know, like, they've, they've been doing this process. I'm sure... I think they could spend money, but they're trying to rebuild and, you know, have their young players play. Hey, Oakland watch out! To... Watch out for Baltimore this year. For man. sure, they're they're, they're not they're not going to be bad, and we'll no, get into that at some no. point. But you know, some of these teams, Pittsburgh fifty nine, Tampa's always good, but they've only they're only spending sixty two. That's that's pretty crazy too. That they're yeah. always competitive. Well, recently they've been competitive, right? Um, you know, obviously going to the World Series in 2020, like on on yeah. that payroll, like you just don't see that very so, often. So Verlander alone is is making more than the entire A's payroll and the entire uh Orioles payroll. Verlander by himself, just one player, is worth more than the full 40 man roster of Oakland A's and Baltimore Orioles. Just, just to put things in a per, into perspective of how much this man is paying. So that is and they got to do well. They gotta, they gotta win. Hey, it, <laughs> they're gonna, they're gonna be up there in the NL East. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, another team that's gonna be up there without a doubt is the Philadelphia Phillies. We can go right into them, managed by Rob Thompson. Um, he took over last year for Joe Girardi in June after they were twenty-two and twenty-nine. Kind of, you know, kind of short end of the stick for Girardi. You know, we were kind of talking about it off air a little bit, where it's like Girardi, you know. They had a tough stretch there where they played some competitive teams. They didn't get off to a hot start. And it, and it just kind of, 
you know, was the way it was. But but it seemed like it was a little bit of Girardi's fault because you see the players respond like almost immediately to Rob Thompson being at the helm. And then, you know, they go on that crazy run and end up going to the World Series uh, behind Bryce Harper, who had an unbelievable postseason. He hit like 450 in the NLDS, NLCS combined. With a torn um, UCL, by the way. Right, with a torn UCL. So uh, that's one thing that's looming huge on this team's success early on this year is that Bryce Harper will not be ready to go until like after the all-star break. I think almost immediately after is their goal. Um, But he is supposed to be swinging a bat soon. The reports are that he's going to be swinging a bat in March. So obviously that's not too far away. Did he, did he have full Tommy John? Yeah, he had TJ. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, not really that big of a deal in terms of, you know, that's why he's able to, come back now he's not throwing any pitches he's probably got dh more than he plays right anyway again right um you know but the the thing that kind of happens there is castellanos has to play outfield and so does schwarber a little bit you know they're not going to have that great of a defensive outfield (laughs) they they, got they uh, never have they really never now and that's okay because schwarber hit 46 bombs last year so you get even you get somewhere even close to that out of him you don't really care how how he's playing defense yeah as long as it's not terrible even so with the Braves when they won the World Series, their outfield was what, like Adam Duvall and right. Jorge yeah, he's playing center. It was yeah. like, you know, it was a bunch of misfits, but it, it works now with the modern day baseball, you know, and we'll see with the new shifting rules. But you know, the way they have these scouting reports is almost perfect for these outfielders. They're always playing in the right spot. So yeah, you know, you don't need a a Mike Trout defender in center field anymore, the way right. the game's gone. Well, the Phillies also, you know, kind of early on will have some help with Trey Turner getting signed from from L.A., which is a a huge signing. Trey Turner, one of the best all-around players in baseball. The guy's, I think he's documented as the fastest player in the MLB. Yeah. He, He is a stolen base machine. He hits for average. He can hit over 25 bombs. He's going to play every day. Um He's got that experience, obviously playing with the with the Dodgers, going deep into the playoffs, and the and the and and, and the Nationals, yeah. yeah. How could I forget? And the Nationals yeah. winning the World Series, so right. he's a five tool player. He could do everything on the baseball field. He's outstanding. He came up actually a center fielder just to show you right. how athletic yeah. he is, and then. Yep. He's uh, moved right over to shortstop. He's been outstanding defensively and offensively. And, you know, not that Gene Segura was a hole, but uh, probably one of their weakest positions was shortstop. And he comes right in, fills the hole. And now you move Bryson Stott, who, you know, was their top prospect that was playing short to second base to fill the Segura hole. And then you have Alec Baum at third base. The only thing, right, the Phillies have great, uh, well, not great, I would say solid starting pitching. The only thing I would say as a Phillies fan I'd be wary of is that bullpen, right? So that bullpen pitch lights out in the playoffs, but you you do still have some holes. And that's been the Phillies problem for years now is, you know, how well will this bullpen pitch? And you'll lose a guy like David Robertson to the Mets. You know, there are a couple injuries away from just being a, another Phillies bullpen that's just not good. So we'll see how that goes. I'm sure um, they'll have a plan for that. And they were great last year, so. Yeah, and they did actually end up picking Gregory Soto up from uh, Detroit, who yeah. is a left-handed fireball right next to, um, what is it, Alvarez or Alvarado? Alvarado, there. yeah. Alvarado, yeah, who throws a 99-mile-an-hour sinker. So, and they also picked up Kimbrel, so kind of like yeah. a, a sneaky pickup there. But Sir Anthony Dominguez pitched oh, pretty good last he's year. He's so good. Sir Anthony's yeah. really good. Yeah, so they don't have a terrible bullpen, but, you know, Dominguez is going into a role where, you know, Robertson kind of was last year. Robertson low-key had a fantastic year. He had like a 2-7 ERA out of the bullpen. Yeah, so, you know, Dominguez is going to have to step into that role. It's a lot different than pitching the 7th and 8th inning. You know, just mentally, you're like, okay, I got to be the guy that ends this game. You know, you've always seen that kind of like change things. Even on the other side, I think the best example I can give is Zach Britton. He goes from one of the best closers in baseball history in one season, you know, having like a, 
a .56 ERA to go into yeah. the Yankees and being absolutely terrible manning the seventh and eighth inning. So yeah. don't it's yeah, like a mental those thing with def- him. Right. Yeah, right. That's like what he I'm couldn't saying. throw strikes. He, you know, he's just changed his whole outlook on things. It's not like, right. you know, we fell off a cliff like injuries or age. It was like he couldn't, you know, mentally, I guess, either amp himself up or right. Yeah, I don't know what it was, but right. that was as a Yankee fan, that was disappointing for sure. Right. But the, the starting rotation of this team is pretty darn good. You got Zach Wheeler, Aaron Nola, uh, and Ranger Suarez, who kind of came on late last year, who pitched very well for the Phillies. So yeah. they also picked up Taiwan Walker from the Mets. So yeah, we'll, we'll see. You right. know, yeah, he's not bad. I mean, he's a good fourth man in the rotation. He was last for year sure. for the Mets. You know, yeah. he was serviceable. He could go out and, and you know, he's not going to shut him out every time, but he can go out there and, and yeah. throw some scoreless innings for you. They lost Cindergaard, I think, right? Yeah, he went to LA. Yeah. He went to the Dodgers. Um, so yeah, I think a lot of the reason why that bullpen worked so well in the playoffs for Philly is because Suarez was mostly used as a bullpen guy, right? He was able to eat a lot of innings and he was so good. He did start some games, but his use out of the bullpen was so I think genius by Rob Thompson. It worked so well where he ate a lot of innings and they were able to shorten their bullpen a lot of the time. And, I mean, you even saw all, all the moves Rob Thompson was pulling off. They were all working, it seemed, for a while until, you know, you ran into that Astros team that was just, you know. Nobody was going to beat them, yeah. Historically, one of the best pitching staffs, I think, in MLB history as far as postseason play. So, yeah, no one was going to beat them. I agree with that. So, yeah, man. I think the Phillies definitely have a good shot of maybe even getting back. But it just goes to show how stacked this division is. We're talking about three teams that basically can – Represent the, the NL yeah. in the same division. And that's not to be said about these uh, last two teams. No, not at all. Yeah. So in a division that, that we're talking up a lot, it's like, and, and honestly, the team that we're about to go into is not a bad team, which is kind of crazy because right. these top three teams are just, there's not enough wins to go around. The only saving grace for the Miami Marlins is the team we're getting into now is the fact that the the MLB shortened the amount of games uh, division opponents play against each other. I don't yeah. know exactly what that number is. but It's more they, of a balanced schedule, right? Yeah. They play they, a lot yeah. more locally. I think you – well, I think you play every team in the MLB. Right. I don't think there's – there's not one team you don't play because it's kind of the, the Otani effect. They're like, why wouldn't Otani play in every city in the no, MLB, absolutely. which is a good idea. You know, absolutely. I I completely agree with that. And then, you know, so so a team like the Marlins kind of kind of has a, a safe haven outside of the NL East this year where they can go and win some games right? Um, outside of the Nationals, of course, because um, in order for them to be, even have a chance to make the playoffs, they're going to have to beat up on the Nationals, like not lose a game. Um, right. Other than that, I, I just don't see a, a scenario in which this team finds overall success this year. Not that making the playoffs is the end-all be-all for them because they do have a young team. But they do have a team that's, like, actually decent. Like, they can hit the ball. Yeah. They can certainly pitch. Like, Sandy Alcantara had an unbelievable season last year. He threw 228 innings, led the league. He was 14-9 and on a team that was 69-93. and so Like, that, that is absurd. He had a 2 2 area. He won the NL Cy Young. Um, I, I don't know. I, I actually like this team. Yeah, I like this team, too, and it's a shame that – it didn't work out with their cheater there. He seemed like yeah. he wanted to like spend a lot of money and their ownership, you know, didn't really want to spend that money. So um, it shows that, you know, they are, they did spend a little bit of money this off season and they brought in some guys like Gene Segura and Matt Barnes and they, they have a plan for jazz. They're going to move them to center. I like that idea a lot. Cause that is interesting, isn't it? Yeah. Does that mean, that means Segura has got to play short, right? Short. Yeah. And he, he's not the best short stop, but, Right. I guess for their roster, it definitely makes sense. And bringing Luis Arise from uh, Minnesota, I like that move for them. Right. I mean, he won the AL batting batting title last year, hitting three sixteen. Yeah, you can't go wrong there. The guy, and even in years past, like the guys hit, you know. So it wasn't necessarily a fluke. He has no. Let's see. He's, he's got a he's, he, he's got a career batting average of three fourteen. So it was almost like a status quo year for him. He's hit 334, 321, 294, and 316 in his four years in the major leagues. So, right. 
you know, you're getting this guy at a pretty young age here at 26, 25 years old. And yeah, I think that was a pretty good move. They only, they gave up Pablo Lopez, who was, you know, a pretty good pitcher for them last year, but yeah, they were going to have to pay him. That's a thing. And yeah, yeah. so, so. <laughs> they probably didn't want to pay him and right. they have they got, a lot of pitching prospects, a lot of good pitching prospects. And they got Matt Barnes for cheap because he had a terrible season last year with Boston. And Boston was just like, all right, obviously we're not going to be doing much this year. Get out of here. You're not, you're not getting paid. Yeah. Um. So, I mean, like I said, I like this team. I think jazz Jism has to play way more than 60 games, which is what he played last year. He's on the cover of will be the show. So we better. You know, I don't really yeah. think there's a show curse. If anything, there's like a show plus because Shohei was on the cover last year and he had one of the most historic MLB seasons ever. So I don't think there's a curse there. Yeah. So hopefully it can kind of get him going this year because he's an exciting player. Yeah. The Marlins, their problem a lot was, you know, they pitched well, but their um, their offense really was not it. They struck out no. a lot. The eighth most in the big leagues. So they got to cut down on strike guards. I think that's why you bring in a guy like Luis Arise and Gene Segura, both guys that put the ball in play. Yes. Make Without contact a, a little bit, a little bit of speed there too. Um, Jazz is a good player. He's just, uh, yeah, he strikes out a lot and which, which is fine in the modern day, but yeah. Well, you're going to get that for sure. Yeah. I'm excited to see though, what he's like in center fields. He's just an electrifying player. So yeah, all accounts are that he's like killing it out there. So um it's awesome that a guy like him, who's kind of rumored to be like a, a shortstop for the most part, but then he ends up moving a second, and then he's so willing to move to center. Like that's awesome. That's just what you want for uh, your star and franchise player. So, yeah, I believe he. I believe he was quoted saying like, "Like, hey, coach, you need me to go out there and play center field? I'll I'll win some Gold Gloves out there." Yeah, like that. That's a paraphrase of a quote that he had, and like that's yeah, a hundred percent. That's what you're looking for. Is a guy that's on the cover of MLB The Show, a guy that you know only played 60 games last year, but like has had success and has this kind of notoriety surrounding him. You know, you often see that kind of get away from people sometimes in the spotlight. And you know, that's something that you really like to see for sure if you're the Miami Marlins. One more, one more pickup that they did have that I actually like and I think is a little underrated is AJ Puck from Oakland. AJ Puck is six seven left-hander that was drafted i believe first overall by the a's he pitched at florida um for a couple for three years i think he got drafted um after his junior year and like this guy is just untapped potential so they're, he's going to be coming out of the bullpen you know kind of like an andrew miller-esque guy um not not necessarily in the way he pitches but he's six seven and he's left-handed that's like if you're a lefty, I don't even understand how you even touch a guy that's throwing 97 from the left side. That's six, seven. So I don't understand how that is a bad pickup for them. He's going to be in the big leagues. I'm I'm assuming he doesn't have too many appearances in the big leagues, but I thought this was a pretty good pickup and a pretty underrated one. Yeah. Wow. I didn't even uh, think of that. That's a good one. I didn't know he's six, seven. Jeez. Yeah. He's a big, it's like Randy Johnson asked. Yeah, six seven throw on left handed like that. That's cool. Yeah, so he he's not a bad pickup for them. I at the end of the day though, there's just like I said, even though they're they're able to kind of have that safe haven and get out of the NL East, I don't necessarily see an avenue in which this team can make the playoffs just because they're going to lose so many times to the Phillies, the Mets, and the Braves. It's just it's too much. Yeah, and we'll see. Maybe that uh the change, Manny Lee, more of an old school coach. The players did seem to like him, but I don't know. The, uh, right? Yeah, maybe. Uh, yeah, management didn't see this, see it the same way. So maybe a little change, you know, like a new voice in the locker room. I don't right. know. They, Baseball managers, they don't really do much, but <laughs> yeah. maybe it, you know, it's it can reju- rejuvenate the team. Who knows? And they signed Skip Schumacher, who like this is definitely his first head coaching, yeah, turn. And you know, I I believe he. He ended his career with St. Louis in like 2014, 2015. So this guy is not too removed from the MLB. So maybe, yeah, with, yeah, with a, a very guy. young, exciting team, maybe he's something that – and that's probably what they were going for, you'd have to assume. Maybe he's got a yeah. way to to kind of speak to those players a little more so than, than Donnie Baseball could. 
I think actually just a little snippet on Donnie baseball. He's over in Toronto now. He's like a bench coach, which is probably just a glorified name for a hitting coach at that point with him. That's all he's going to really be doing. He's definitely not going to be, you know, talking up the pitchers by any means, but he's going to go there and help a a loaded Toronto Blue Jays uh, lineup. So that's, you know, definitely something to watch out for there. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, I was just going to say, I think this Miami team, if if they could ever be good, there's so much untapped, um, not, I wouldn't say fandom, but just so much excitement that could possibly be there. Um, Miami's a major market. You see like how crazy heat games are and yeah. the Dolphins are now good. And, you know, being so close to Cuba and, you know, all this Spanish heritage over there, if they could be good, I think it would be so awesome and, that stadium, you know, it's not the best, but I went there a few years ago, and it was, I mean, maybe like five thousand people were there. That's what I'm saying. So if they yeah, can, if they can right. get to like you know a, a nice thirty thousand a night, that would be awesome. I think there's a lot of untapped potential in that franchise, and it could really be exciting if they could ever be good. But they got a a tough tough uh, sledding going forward. Yeah. Well, let's end it on something that might not be that exciting. <laughs> that's the Washington Nationals. They were 55 and 107 last year. They ended up being last in the NL East. Their offseason transactions highlighted Dom Smith from the Mets. So they obviously aren't trying to win this year. They're trying yeah. to probably lock up that number one pick. And the basically the lone bright spot on their team is CJ Abrams, a guy they got from San Diego in the Soto trade. Um, you know, he's, he's a really talented young player. Yeah. Good for him, honestly, to be on the nationals because he's just going to be able to go out there and play every day and he's not going to have to worry about anything really. He knows if he strikes out 14 times in a row, he's going to be in the lineup next day. So they're, they're all, I mean, they traded Juan Soto for this guy. So obviously, obviously he's not as good as Soto, but. You know, they got him in return for him. They didn't want to pay Soto. They kind of wanted to rebuild, and obviously they let go of Turner as well. And this is a guy that you'll probably see advance this year. But, you know, other than that, I really don't see anything exciting about this team at all. Yeah, it's crazy the amount of stars that the Nationals once had. I'm talking Bryce Harper, Scherzer. Um, Trey yeah. Turner, uh, Rendon, Rendon they really had yeah. a stud team. And, Soto, yeah, Soto, and you know they traded. They let Rendon walk. They traded um, Scherzer and Turner out to L.A. They got Kiebert Ruiz, who's supposed to be a top catching prospect, but he right, uh, he's another. Yeah, I guess I shouldn't have left him out of that. He definitely yeah. is. A, but you know, he's nice struggled. up and coming. He struggled player. last season, so you know they're not so sure on him. And Abrams, he he could pick it at short for sure, but you know he's no Trey Turner as far as power, right? He's more of a, a contact hitter for the most part. Right, right. So, right. Yeah, he's not going to hit twenty five bombs. That's no. for sure. Well, but he's going to steal bags. You know, he's right, going to exactly if he plays a hundred and. 45 games this year let's say he'll probably have especially with the new rules and everything you'd only have to assume he's gonna have 30 bags so yeah so it's crazy that you know all those guys have came and went and um this franchise is yeah probably gonna be in the running for one of the worst teams in baseball and (laughs) i don't know what more you could possibly say about them they're just uh yeah there really isn't much they're rebuilding, There's, right? Yes. To, say, to sum it up in one word, they yeah. are rebuilding. So, yep. But hey, if you're if you're a Nats fan, you're okay with it because you just won a World Series like yeah. three years ago. You won a World Series four years ago, so good. you're yeah. good. You're chilling. You're like, okay, we're fine. Yeah, we're I right. guess it would be it would be nice to like have gotten more for what they get. I feel like they didn't really get as much as they possibly could. I guess a lot of it was about eating salary and. Yeah, I mean they're in a they're in a full Baltimore Orioles rebuild, man. Like they just yeah. are. That you're you're hoping that guys like Abrams and Ruiz are are gonna. They're prospects, right? That's it's in the name. You're not really sure what you're getting out of it. It's there's potential there, but it's not a proven entity like Juan Soto or like Trey Turner. 
So when you make those trades, you're hoping that there's like a sliver of Trey Turner somewhere in C.J. Abrams. Not that they traded eye for an eye there, but you're hoping when you get C.J. Abrams, you're like, okay, hopefully we can get some sort of Trey Turner out of this guy, you know? And yeah, that's he could he could never pan out. He could also be better than Trey Turner. So you never know. Um, yeah, you just gotta kind of sure. wait and see. But I think I think for Ruiz and him, it's it's a good year for them to kind of just not really care what the outcome of the game is or even their stats and just try to get better every day. That's something that'll help them for sure in the future. Yeah. Um, I was going to mention Josiah Gray, another prospect. Uh, they got him from the Dodgers. He was a top prospect for them. Yep. Another guy that um, they're going to hope is going to pitch well this season. He's a young guy. They also have Mackenzie Gore. They got from, is that the A's? No, no Mackenzie uh, Gore San Diego. Is San Diego. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, he's another youngster, and if Strasburg or Corbin can pitch, and like, even just pitch, like, let alone pitch well. Just, play, <laughs> yeah, just be on the field, please. They'll be um, huge names to consider in trades, even though yes. they're getting paid a lot. You know, if, if Strasburg is killing it, and the Yankees will probably eat his salary. Was, they, they won't I was going to say that. He's, ex- he's expiring, or like a team that's spending a lot already, maybe the Angels, if the Angels are – could have a good year for once and I could see the best player in baseball in the playoffs. That would be nice. But yeah, if, uh, if they were playing well and they're already spending a lot of money, I think Strasburg's expiring. I think Corbin maybe has two years. I'm not exactly sure on that, but good, good trade candidates. If they can just pitch literally just pitch. Yes. Without a doubt, man. And I, because, I was, I was going to go right along that same line with the Yankees for sure, because you know, if Strasburg's a guy that's, not missing too many starts halfway through the year and and he's got a two seven, two eight ERA. Like that's dude, even a, even like a three five, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really guess, don't yeah. Care. Uh, yeah. Cause it doesn't seem and we can get into the Yankees in probably the next episode, but you know, Montas probably isn't gonna pitch. So you're gonna need another guy. So all right, all right. Let's get into let's get into who we think's gonna gonna take this. Amazing NL East this year. Who do, who do we think is going to take this uh, this top dog spot? My here? money's on Atlanta. I think they're just an absolute powerhouse, and that stadium over there is always rocking in Atlanta. I it think sure they're going to be really tough, especially at home. And I looked for them to be probably one of the best records in baseball. And they always get off to a slow start in like the cold weather, but as soon as it heats up, they are just unbelievable baseball team. It's so fun to watch them play. My money is on the Atlanta Braves. What about you? Well, I'm glad we didn't pick the same team. That's good. <laughs> I'm going with the Mets. All right. I actually, I, I wrote a, a blog about this. You know, I want to say like two weeks ago. Um, Just kind of, kind of going over like the futures bets and the odds and everything. And that's kind of where I obviously got, you know, earlier where I said the Braves, I think are around like minus 120 to win the division. <clears throat> Excuse me, but um, yeah, I just I think it's the Mets season, man. I think last year is probably just leaving such a bad taste in their mouth. They got the same squad with the addition of Verlander, the subtraction of Degrom. Degrom, like I said, it kind of just been like a lump on their side for so long, where it's like they can't really depend on the guy, and you bring in somebody that's uber dependable. And Justin Verlander, you bring in David Robertson from Philly, who if he can continue his resurgence, like that's awesome. You're just getting quality bullpen appearances out of him. You got uh, Kodai Senga from Japan, like, and then they just got a bunch of hitters on their team, man. They won 101 games right alongside Atlanta last year. They blew it late. I get that. But I think this year is the Mets year. I think, honestly, I think they – they win the division, and I wouldn't be surprised if they make the World Series. I really wouldn't. Yeah. One thing also that I forgot to mention about the Mets is I wonder, now that you gave Edwin Diaz all that money, and I know we had a great year last year, but if you remember the previous, like, two or three, he was really shaky. So if yeah. he has, like, a comeback down-to-earth moment, that's probably one of the that worst would contracts be, that in would... baseball. Yeah, that would be worrisome. If you're a Mets yeah. fan, you're kind of 
early in the season, you might be on the edge of your seat watching him pitch. Whereas last year, by the time oh, he was hit, so you kinda, locked in, you kind of so sit back in. and watch the ninth. Yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah. yeah he, it, uh, and it was like the whole thing with the, with his walkout song. Right. Right. That John, Johnny Trumpet or whatever that guy's Timmy name Tr- is. Yeah, Timmy, <laughs> Timmy Trumpet. Damn it. God, the freaking <laughs> mess, dude. I know. But that, dude. <laughs> that, that song gives me goosebumps. Yeah. Gives me goosebumps. So yeah, I mean I'm yeah, I'm putting my money on Diaz having another good year. Yeah. Um because if you think about it, like yeah, he's had those bad seasons, but if you go back to his days in Seattle, the guy had 57 saves in like 2018. Like, so it's not like it was a fluke last year. Like he, yeah, no, he molded back into form. It wasn't like, oh, the, the potential was always here and he finally put it together. Like he went to the Mets. It was kind of maybe a culture shock for the guy coming from rainy and dark Seattle up in the Northwest. And he went to a big city where the fans absolutely adore this team. And, you know, maybe the spotlight was a little too large to begin with, but he obviously answered the bell last year. So I, I like him to, to have another good season, maybe not a one, three, one ERA, but I, you know, I, I think, uh, I think he's going to have a solid season again. Yeah, I could definitely see it. And uh, yeah, the Mets. I don't know. I would just say Mets gonna Met. You know, that's just how. I yeah, I know. Fan. I know. That's I why know. my money's on the Braves. But yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. They should really win the NL if we're being honest. But yeah, like you said, they're spending over three hundred million dollars this year. So. Yeah. All right, that's gonna do it for us today. Thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, if you have some time, go over to TitoSports.com, read our blog, and. If you have even more, go to our titosportsmerch.com and, and check out some of our merch. we got new stuff going on there. Actually, just put some uh, St. Patrick's Day apparel on there. Got some some beers cheering on the back of the shirt. It's good stuff, good bar wearing shirts for sure. So go and check it out. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next Monday. Peace.